the opening verse of the portion of Bishalach begins with the words Vayihi Bishalach Padoi Esa'om. It happened when Pharaoh sent out the people. And God did not lead them through the path or the land of the Philistines. Even though it was near, because God said, Perhaps the people will reconsider when they see a war, and they will want to return to the land of Egypt. This is the opening verse of the parasha B'Shalach, which continues with the famous story of the splitting of the Red Sea and the song of the Red Sea that is recited every day in our daily prayers. And this concludes really the exodus of Egypt because even though the Jews leave in the previous portion in Boi, they were still concerned that the Egyptians would still chase after them. But after the splitting of the Red Sea, the entire army of the Egyptians were gone, decimated, and now they fell for the first time true freedom from the land of Egypt. Let us look into the first verse and understand it on five levels. The first verse begins by when it was when Pharaoh, it happened when Pharaoh sent out the people. He sent them out against their will because there were many Jews that still wanted to stay behind in Egypt. And it goes on to say, However, God did not lead them through the path or the land of the Palestine. What is the meaning Nochom? Says Rashi, the first Rashi in the Parsha of Bishalach. Says Rashi on the words, Vayhi Bishalach Padoi was when Pharaoh sent out the Jewish people, the Goimed, etc. For Loi Nochom. And he did not lead. Says Rashi, Veloi Nogom. What does it mean, Nochom? Nogom. Nochom means Nogom to lead. Now, what is Rashi saying here? What is he adding here? What is he telling us we didn't know before? So, some of the commentaries, like the Sister Chamim and others, say that the word Nochom can mean to regret or to reconsider. And therefore, Rashi says, don't read Lenochem, that he did not reconsider, but rather Lenochem to lead, that God led them. In other words, he did not lead them through the land of the Philistines, but he led them throughout the desert for 40 years. That is the meaning of Nochem. The Rebbe gives another interpretation. He says, Nochem means that if you read the verse, the first part says, Pari sent them out. So what does it add by saying, what does the second part of the verse add? In other words, we have a rule in the puzzle. Whenever we continue with other synonyms, the additional synonym is really coming to add to the previous synonym. So if we say that Pharaoh sent them out, and now God led them, 
What was the addition to the leading over the sending out? Now, of course, you can obviously answer one was Pharaoh, one was God. But besides that, the word Nachum also has an additional meaning. And therefore says Rashi Nahagum. In other words, Pharaoh sent them out in a chaotic way. He just threw them out. Get out of here, you guys. Leave. Please take whatever you want. Just get out of here. You guys are dangerous. You're bad news. We don't want you here. After Pharaoh sends them out in a chaotic way, God now, Nochem, which means says Rashi Nochem, means God brings them into an orderly fashion. He organizes all of the tribes in a very methodologically and, and with algorithms, puts them all together so that they can now travel in the desert properly for the next 40 years. This is Pshat, simple interpretation. What is Remez? What is the hint? The hint is that we have a rule in the Torah that from the negative, we could derive the positive. And from the positive, we could derive the negative. So if it says God did not lead them through the land of the Philistines, because perhaps there'll be a war and they would return to Egypt, means to tell us that it would have happened. That if he would have led him that way, they would have probably gone back to Egypt. So he doesn't lead him that way. So they don't want to return to Egypt. So in other words, we can derive the positive from the negative. By not going this way, he brought them another way, which would be good for them. And they would want to go this way. In other words, this is a lesson, a hira, a rem is a hint for us, for all generations, every day of our life. And that is if God takes us through a certain path and not the other path. We say, how come God didn't give me that path? Why is God giving me this path? I would like to go on that path. You know why I didn't send you that path? That path is not for you. He knows better. If you would go on that path, at the end, you'd want to turn back and not go on that path. So we send you on a different path and this is the right path for you. I had a grandfather he was a chassid of the Shinneva Rebbe. And in the late 1800s, the Shinneva Rebbe said to him, for kind America, go to America and become a Gabi Tzedaka and raise money for the Jews and the rabbis in Europe and Poland and Russia. And throughout the years, many of the rabbis who came to raise money for their yeshivas used to stay in his house. And when the wife of the butcher, of the sheikhs, heard that Heshmelech Ford came to America, is going to America, she tells her husband, now you go ask the Shin of that you also want to go. So he goes into the Rebbe, says, Ich will Ford in Kain America. I want to go to America. He says, why? He says, Heshmelech Ford. Heshmelech is going. And he said to him, hey, the blab." Do the blab and do, which means he's going to remain religious, and you are going to remain over here. Every person has a different path. The path that God takes us down that path, that's your path. Stop blaming other people, stop giving excuses. Why couldn't I have that path? That path is not good for you. This is the right path for you. And the same is true with our generation. Our generation was now endowed with a mission to complete the purpose of creation. 
Yes, we left Egypt over 3,300 years ago, but now is the time to have the ultimate gula, the ultimate redemption. And the Rebbe is telling us that the mission is of our generation, we have to prepare ourselves and prepare the entire world, the Kabbal Panei Mashiach Sukeinu, to receive the countenance of our Mashiach. And we're saying, eh, it's not for us. Give it to somebody else. It's not for me. I can't do that work. I'll light candles. I'll go to the shul. I'll give a lot of money to the synagogue. But I don't want to get involved with, you know, bringing the redemption. No. This is the path of our generation. And if it was given to our generation, it means we can do it. And in particular, to teach the seven Noahide laws to the nations of the world. We are the, the ambassadors of God. We are the chosen people of God. In Sinai, God gave us the Torah, but he also instructed us on Sinai to teach these Noahide laws to the entire world, to prepare not only the Jewish people, but to prepare the entire world. The Kabbalah Pnei Mashiach Sikenu to receive the countenance of our Mashiach. My uncle, Rabbi Abraham Hecht, who was a big rabbi in the, in the Sephardic community, when he was a bocher in 770, in the 1940s, the previous rabbi sent him to go to Worcester, Massachusetts, and start a yeshiva there. And he was a young American boy. He took a nice shower, looked spiffy, got dressed very handsome, knocks on the door to canvas the neighborhood to get the parents to send their children to the yeshiva. And it was a Sunday morning, you know, in America, Sunday morning, you don't get up so early. And uh, he knocks on the door, and the lady comes to the door and says, we don't give money here on Tzedakah Sundays. No, no collectors here Sunday. And she locks the door in his face. And he gets all embarrassed. Like, I'm not a fundraiser. I'm coming here to study yeshiva. Don't compare me with the, the shnaris who are collecting money. And he went back to the Reb. He's free to get up. He says, this is not for me. I can't do this job. I can't bring kids into yeshiva. I was embarrassed. And the Rebbe Ayatz, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, who's, who's passing us today, which Shvat said to him, a misplaced embarrassment, an embarrassment that is unfounded, is a sign of arrogance. In other words, there's no reason to be embarrassed. You're doing the right thing. It's like, oh, I can't put on fill-in because I'm afraid someone's going to look at me and I'm going to be embarrassed. The first law in the Code of Jewish Law is not to be intimidated from your neighbors. So there are things that you should be embarrassed about, like walking in the street without clothing. There's something you have to be embarrassed about. But to walk in the street with a thousand film and look like a from yid, there's no reason to be embarrassed. And that's what the Rebbe says to him. Misplaced embarrassment because you're doing the right thing is a sign of arrogance. And this is the message of the Rem is the hint of the Torah. God did not lead them down that path because that was not their path. But from the negative, we derived the positive. But you're on a path now. This is the path you should be. Drush. Homiletics. Rashi tells us, the very first Rashi, God did not lead them down that path. Why does it mean Nocham? Says Rashi Nocham. Now, why does Rashi have to tell us Nocham is Nogam? Let the Torah say Nogam. It would have been easier. Because Nocham could be ambiguous. 
say nagam. It's a clear word. You know what it means. The answer is whenever you have two interpretations to one word, they're both correct. In other words, the Torah is telling us two things here. Number one, God led the Jewish people into the desert for 40 years. But number two, it was Nachum. The word Nachum comes from, etymologically, the word Menucha, which means tranquility and rest. That this path that God chose for the Jewish people, that he led them through, was a path of tranquility. In other words, when you normally travel, there are challenges. It's dangerous. It's tiring. It's a schlep. But here, Nochem, God made sure that the path was smooth and comfortable and beautiful and amazing. That's why the Torah uses the word Nochem over Nochem to tell us, in addition to the fact that God led us in a very orderly, organized fashion, He also made sure that this would be a great journey, a journey that brought us tremendous pleasure and tranquility. This also answers another question. You know how, how Rashi is very medallic, he's meticulous in his wording. Every word is very perfect and exact. Not only the actual commentary, but even the words that he brings down from the verse. Those words and not other words are also important. Now, if you look in the very first Rashi, it says, It was, and it happened, when Pharaoh sent out the people. Now, Rashi does not comment on these words. He only comments on the future words, and God did not lead. Why does Rashi also bring in the first words? He should have began the Rashi by saying, why does the meaning of Nocham means So here Rashi is telling us and answering another question. We have a general question here. We say God did not want to leave the people on this path of the Philistines, even though it was closer. And they would have got to Israel in 11 days, 11 journeys. Why? He was afraid they may encounter a war and want to return. Return to where? To Egypt, to bondage, to slavery. Really? Does that make sense? We know throughout history, there are many revolutionists that gave up their life and they're willing to fight the war even though they're going to die to change the future of history. In other words, anything is better than going back. We'll fight a war and die in a war, but at least it's free people. Why would we think they're going to go back to Egypt and go back to slavery and everybody suffered there? The men suffered. They had tremendous, tremendous back-breaking labor. Women suffered. It says, the Gemara says that they gave men women's jobs and women men's jobs. They changed roles to make it uncomfortable. And children were put into the walls of the pyramids and the buildings if the parents had not fulfilled their quota. So why would they want to go back to Egypt? And that's why Rashi hints this by saying, Pharaoh had to throw them out of Egypt. In other words, it doesn't make sense. It's illogical. But perhaps it's about the fear of the unknown. 
People are always afraid. I know you promised me a better future, a better tomorrow, but I'm okay with my service, my problems today. So here Rashi, by adding these words, tells us that for some reason they did not want to go. And we know in truth that four-fifths died in the plague of darkness because they did not want to leave Egypt. And they did not believe in the redemption. So for Lenochem Malikim, God did not allow them to go down this path that would cause the rest of them to also return back to Egypt. But even those people, even those people who may have returned, God still made sure he gave them a beautiful, tranquil journey that when they traveled together with God, they went in style. They went in with the best chartered buses and the best people and the best tour guides to make sure it would be a very beautiful experience. Okay, what is, what is the soit? What is the esoteric? Let's use some Kabbalistic words, words over here. We know, it's brought down in Kabbalah, that the Jewish people in Egypt were in the 49th level of impurity. They sunk spiritually down to the lowest levels of impurity, 49 levels of impurity. In other words, they, they followed and engaged in the ways of the Egyptians. And the Rambam tells us that the Egyptians' ways were very depraved, the most promiscuous of all the lands of the world. And they served idols like the Egyptians, and they lived a very immoral lifestyle like the Egyptians. So they fell into 49 levels of impurity. If they would have been there one more night, one more day, they would have been gone forever. If they would have fell into the 50th level, they would have been gone forever, which is one of the reasons why we find between Passover and Shavuos, we count 49 days to see the Torah, to pull ourselves out of those 49 levels. Now, listen to this. According to Kabbalah, when Pharaoh sent them out of Egypt, so they shouldn't fall into the 50th level, they couldn't go into the land of the Pelishtim. Why? Pelishtim, according to Kabbalah, represents Mavoy Mufulosh, which means an opened alleyway where you can do what you want, where you have arrogance and you have self-esteem and you have the ability to, to feel, you know, what you want to do. This is what I want. The I is very prevalent in Pelishtim. It's about arrogance. So if the Jewish people would have left Egypt and gone into this new Egypt, into this new challenge of Pelishtim, which is the challenge of arrogance, they would have gone back to their levels of Egypt, their levels of impurity. And that's when they had to go into the desert. No man's land, representing the idea of bitter, self-nullification. There's nothing there. I'm a nothing. Nothing can grow. When you reach that level of rock bottom, ground zero, when you feel you're totally bankrupt, that's when you become the vessel to receive the infinity of God. The moment you think you're something, you have talent, you have knowledge. All of your talent and all of your knowledge is limited compared to God's infinity. The moment you open yourself up for God, saying, God, I'm nothing. I know whatever I have is zero compared to your infinity. I'm like a desert. I'm desolate. Then you are open for greatness. Then you open yourself up for God's blessings. Okay, what does Exodus say here? Very interesting. 
the Jewish people leave the land of Egypt. And God says, I'm not going to bring them through the land of the Philistines. Even though from Egypt to Israel was 11 journeys. It would have taken them basically about 11 days. And yet, God chose to bring him through the land of the Philistines. The message says like this, that 11 days after Sinai, with 11 days, says the Medrash, alludes to these 11 journeys, but also the, another Medrash says these 11 days allude to one of the 10. In other words, 11 is 10 plus 1. Achad, the one, the unique of the 10, implying that from the 10 commandments that they receive on Mount Chorif, because Sinai had many names, one of them is Chorif. The greatest of the Ten Commandments, the Echad Asar, the one of the ten, is Anoichi Hashem Lekecha. The greatest of the Ten Commandments is the commandment of I am God, you Lord. And this is the concept of Antuchad Bukhushban, alluding to God's level of God, you are one and only, but beyond number. I can't count you as one and two. You're beyond number because you're infinite. So this level of anoichi is something that God wanted the Jewish people to experience and wanted the Jewish people to internalize. And therefore, if he would have taken them directly from Sinai to Israel in 11 journeys, he never would have internalized this level of godliness. It would have been from above. It would have been overwhelming. The content of belief, yes, I know it exists, but... How do I live with that? How can I internalize that in my daily life? But because they went into the desert for 40 years, they were able to internalize this level of God and make this their daily routine, make this their daily life and internalize this in everything that they do. As we know, the number 40, number one alludes to the idea of when you reach 40, you have understanding. What does understanding mean? It's not that I'm just doing it because I have to. But or someone is telling me to do it, but I understand it. It's logical. I'm internalizing the idea, and now I want to do it. Same idea. It says that a student does not understand his teachings, the teachings of his rebbe, of his, te- of his rabbi, until forty years. In other, you cannot really understand the depth of your master's teachings until forty years. Similarly, Moses was on the mountain forty days, forty nights. Why? Because when he was on the mountain, God told him the whole Torah. And now he shares that Torah over the next 40 years. So one day in heaven is like one year down here. So 40 was all about internalizing these energies, these powers, these levels of godliness, which is beyond time and space, to make this and hone these powers in our very core. And this is also the, the opening verse of the parish. Bishalach Paroi, on one hand, we know to be a villain, wicked, tyrant, etc., etc. But in Kabbalah, it's explained that there is a level of Paroi on a supernal level. Paroi represents a level of holiness and godliness beyond our comprehension. And it says that you had to give one-fifth of your land to Pharaoh. 
Again, Kabbalah says one-fifth alludes to the idea of the fifth. Pharaoh is the fifth level. There are four levels or four letters to God's name, the Yud and the A and the Vav and the A. Paroi represents a level to unleash. The word Paroi means to unleash and to reveal and unveil the deepest levels of spirituality. So, Pharaoh wanted to give this level of Pharaoh to the people. And therefore, in order for them to internalize this level of Pharaoh, this level of godliness unleashed, he couldn't send them 11 journeys through Pelishtim to Israel. He had to make sure that for 40 years they would internalize this in their psyche, in their emotion, in their lifestyle. And this should permeate and internalize their very core of their existence. And in truth, what we're saying is we're taking now 11, the number 11, which is the 11th level, a level beyond time and space, and bringing this down into our daily life. I would like to remark that today we celebrate Yud Shvat, which is the passing of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Yishev Yitzchok, in the year 1950. And then the following year, on the 11th day of the 11th month of the 11th year of the previous Rebbe coming to America, our Rebbe took over leadership of Chabad. And the Rebbe is connected with a number 11. A, he was born on the 11th of Nisan. And number two, he became Rebbe on the 11th day of the 11th month of the 11th year. And he was Rebbe for 40 years. What was, what was the entire raison d'etre, the entire mission of the Rebbe, simply to bring God to every Jew. That was his mission. And not only it should be something because you have to and because God demands it of us, but it should be with, with tremendous joy and Abbas Israel and love for another Jew. So this is the celebration of this day that we are once again reminded of our mission. We are once again inspired to fulfill this mission. And once again, today is the day that we are empowered, each one of us, in this generation, to continue down this path that God has set for us and to use that our talents, and our knowledge, and our abilities to enhance ourselves, enhance the people around us, and to prepare ourselves in the entire world to Kabbalah Pnei Mashiach Sukkim.